is. It's game time with Zach and Jamir. We'll be back at it again. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about something that hits home for both of us. It is February. It's Black History Month. The month where we celebrate Black culture. I mean, honestly, I like to celebrate Black culture every day personally. I think that it's important to celebrate Black culture as much as we can, acknowledge it, understand it, et cetera, every single day. And as a basketball podcast, we wanted to take some time to talk about different topics about what Black culture has done for basketball and vice versa. So, Zach, is there anything that you want to say to get us started off? I mean, I guess we can kind of just go back to, I'm not going to go through, I'm going to go through the whole history. That's the whole, <laughs> that's like a podcast series in and of itself. But, you know, NBA, uh, racial integration NBA started in 1950. And you know, that's around, that's just, that period of time, just interesting racially in general in America. And that's prior, like right before the uh, the heart of the civil rights era, you know what I mean? Like Jim Crow laws and, you know, segregation in the South and all that stuff is like, was still very present. So it's just very, it's just a very interesting time for for uh, you know racial integration in the NBA to begin because just you know all those things like you know Bill Russell, uh, he he was big in the civil rights movement, um, you know him and him and MLK was out there in DC with the so he had MLK asked him to come on stage and all that during the March on Washington and just all those you know just a lot of there's a lot of like connection between like. Black history and bat and basketball and how certain people were were like able to get into certain spaces and just carving out, fighting for fighting for the right to belong in the league in the NBA, really was just a story of like black people in America in general, just fighting to to you know prove we belong in the same spaces as others when we are just as good or better than other people who are in those spaces. And um, I don't know, I kind of want to just use this to segue a bit into just how like some influence on or how black culture just kind of influenced the sport in general. Like just like a the word the word I use or phrase I wanted to use like the history of resiliency. Like you know always fighting for fighting for the right to exist, fighting for the right to to do the same things as every other human being. So um I don't know, yeah like what are some things in that regard that you wanna that that you think about in terms of black culture and, and the history of resiliency and in, in basketball and how it's just influenced the sport in general. And vice versa. Resiliency is definitely a word that is extremely synonymous with Black culture in general. Like, Black people are resilient, have been resilient, and will continue to be resilient through many different challenges, whether it be race, whether it be just many other issues, like just different kinds of issues that we face throughout time. And So with that being said, I think that it's important to talk about the first few players who actually, you know, started like being in the NBA back in 1950. You had Chuck Cooper, you had Nat Sweetwater Clifton, and Earl Lloyd, who are all Hall of Famers for, you know, trailblazing 
and setting the tone and then other players followed in their footsteps. And I can only imagine what they had to go through to get here or to get there. And, you know, in, in times in which people didn't like people who look like us. I'm sure they were booed. I'm sure that people made fun of them and uh, did everything in their power to discourage them from being athletes and, and being in the NBA in the first place. And because of their impact and because of their resiliency, many of the people that we know and love and care about and the people who we know as resilient just off namesake right away, guys like Allen Iverson and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, the people that we've come to know and love now wouldn't be able to have done what they are doing or what they have already done because of these, these men, these gentlemen who were trailblazers and step foot in the league first. And because of their, you know, their steps, we were able to take, take steps forward and, you know, be able to become such prominent figures in a in the world of basketball in general. And now people aspire to be like a Michael Jordan, like a LeBron James, like a Kobe. Even going down to the younger generation now with guys like John Morant, Jason Tatum, they aspire to be like like young African American men because African American men are so powerful in the sport like one thing i I've, I've been thinking about in regards to you know just the early days of you know allowing allowing black people even just even allowing black people to be in the nba it's one of those things like now they're just because they're allowed doesn't mean teams are letting them in kind of thing and just in general how in media you know you don't see too many especially back then there was a limited number of black faces or on on like toys or characters or in movies you know what i mean so sport so like sport or basketball in this sense was one of the few places in which young black children could see people who look like them on the screen and then have like a character to look up to Sport is one of those few places where uh, people of color can see people who look like them on the screen and have someone to look up to so just you know just being there's one of those few spaces where where uh, black people were able to be seen for for who they are, and I, I I one thing I like about sports in general is I feel like it is a part. There is an expression of of self in sport. Like I feel like the way I feel like everyone plays plays the sport they play in a way in which that kind of in a way that kind of demonstrates who they are as a person to a degree. Like I feel there's some truth to that. So just in that, like again, like with the culture resiliency and and part of that resiliency is the creativity. Like black people have to really, you know, be creative and getting what they getting what they need and and getting what they want due to the limiting limiting factors around them. Like, you know, I just recently watched the first half of that Bill Russell's podcast or excuse me, Bill Russell documentary 
on Netflix. Really good. Everyone should watch it, by the way. Can't wait to watch the second part myself. And one thing I, I learned was you weren't supposed to jump to like contest shots before. Like that was frowned upon to jump and contest shots. But Bill Russell was one of the first few first players to like do that. And he was the first player to make it one of those things where everyone does it now because it was, he just made he was so effective at it. It became it became nonsense to not do it. So like, yeah, it was just that's just one of the things like just introducing jumping and stuff. And of course, you know, dribble, you know, ball handling and all that, and you know, the and one mixtapes, et cetera, et cetera. Just multiple ways that uh create this culture of creativity that that uh it stems from black, you know, black black Americans. Yeah, just that just that culture of creativity and just how that resiliency and that just the the artistry of uh you know just growing up growing up black in in a country where your 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 being is not wanted, your being is constantly stifled and seeing how people are able to to push those boundaries and expand expand on you know just just expand on the game, expand on the, the world around them to to leave their mark. It's just very interesting to me. Speaking of and one, like going back into a little bit of what you said, and one was started on the streets. Right. Like it started in black streets in Philadelphia. You know? Uh, so it's it's just again, just a representation of where we came from as people of color and a representation of the times and basketball evolves with I guess like the the times of people of color like now more than ever I feel like you see people shooting threes like everybody in every like most people in the streets can shoot a three now. And that's kind of how the game is, you know, because because of the advancements that Steph Curry and other people have invited to the game. And the I, the street game and the regular game work side by side. And the thing is the people who are playing pickup that are younger, seeing that they bring it up and that it, it, the game, the entire game changes around that one thing because younger people on the streets are doing it. And like just talking, it's like talking about that. Like, and one, you have black things like Rucker Park and Dykeman and things like that in New York. You got other people who play ball, and like, and just in all the the major cities where black people are, uh, in particular, you can see. just the the artistry and the culture and the pride that people take in this art form that is a sport basketball and music is just very very intertwined nowadays and again going back to the end one stuff that's where it all started i was reading the, a forbes article talking about it you know just how set free richard started the and one mixtapes and how it started was well, someone shot a jump shot and the ball like went in at the same time as uh, music. He had music. He's a DJ. So music was playing. Someone took a jumper, and as the the percussion hit, so did so the ball went through the basket, and that kind of just inspired the Anawan mixtape. And you know, then like after that, just suddenly you, you go on YouTube now. You can't see a highlight reel without 
without music behind it and mm-hmm. you know, like um like remember uh lebron's block how everyone kind of edited it to add certain music to it like he just adding the, that new element was added where music was able to help music was used to help narrate the 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 meaning behind certain plays or or uh personifying certain players in a way it was just very just a very interesting thing to me mm-hmm. and even to this day you still have people like um so have people like hot sauce and the professor the professor who was a part of the m1 era who's not a black man but he's he he very much took part in that culture right um you have people like that you have people like escalate who helped push that stuff forward even into now in that culture um and like with with music you can there's so many different nuances of music that you could talk about when you talk about basketball like literally some people name their titles after after basketball players some people have names of albums after certain players uh, they'll have players on the cover they will name songs after players obviously they will use them in lyrics or uh, they'll they'll insert a lyric in a song that includes an action that they did. So it's everywhere. Even in battle rap, right. they talk, they, they, they use metaphors that, that relate to the, the game of basketball. So it impacts it there. And then the, the clothing that people wear. You talk about the appearances of the celebrities and artists and how it intertwines with just general that's like social culture and, and like the the upper echelon like for example uh you talk about right now adele is is with rich paul who is one of lebron's best friends and who is an agent of a number of exceptional basketball athletes at this point You've got other basketball players who have famous celebrity wives like D. Wade and Gabrielle Union, et cetera. They just impact social culture in general. And you get all of these, like, for example, like when LeBron became the all-time leading scorer, you had guys like Shannon Sharp, who's an ex-football player and who is a, a, a celebrity figure in many respects now. Jay-Z who is one of the most famous rappers of all time, if not the most famous rapper of all time, and so on. And it just it just connects the social culture. And then in terms of clothing, the number of people who wear, who've worn basketball jerseys in movies, people who wear basketball jerseys just outside now, people who've worn basketball jerseys in videos and a number of music videos. And I don't know how many music videos I've seen where they was, where people would, would be dunking in the background or shooting shots or playing basketball. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, and then even with 
when we talk about sneakers, Jordans, and how Jordans have essentially taken over as 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 a street cultural thing, right? That so many people wear to this day, right? And then like, and this is again an influence on uh you know how basketball basketball fashion is just influencing you know just other things in general like you know now you can't get a pair of basketball sneakers from the store no more you got to get on goat and all this stuff just with all the bots and like a lot of the the online retail culture a lot of online retail stuff that we deal with now a lot of that was influenced by the sneaker culture and part of sneaker culture is very sneaker culture is very influenced by basketball sneakers like as you said jordan's and at the at a time, LeBron's were definitely definitely some heat. You know, the the early KDs, everyone was on those and Kobe's. So, yeah, like just it's very just a it's a, a very pervasive thing. It was just inter- it's just interesting that th- this game, you know, because it is a game. It eventually just built into something very pervasive in uh, American culture and globally now too. It's just getting bigger and bigger. Like you know the 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 like the All Star game for example. A lot of those players were, were international players, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we have uh, <laughs> the players we think are, like, the best in the league nowadays, like like uh, Giannis, you know, Beads, you know, Jokic and Luka, who are, you know, of course, they're two white men, but, you know, just the international impact of the sport. And, yes, they were two white men, but also they were very much influenced by – by uh, they would not be here without, without, the, the, without the legwork of – the early the early black players in the NBA and and the WNBA of course too with a lot of a lot of influence there especially their the social justice stuff like NBA gets a lot of credit but the WNBA no league is better than them in terms of social movements and like how he mentioned Bill Russell with the civil rights era how they used to sit he would sit out games because you know hotels would refuse to let you know the black players on the team rest of the hotel you know like WNBA especially with like and George Floyd like the NBA too with the bubble um, players were considering not playing and you know that that did it while it's you know just the game and all that that did influence that had a lot of influence socially just because it, it made it forced the leagues to have to want to do something to support support the cause in order for the players to feel backed by by the league and all that well, I 100% agree the WNBA like I'll say the NBA is ahead of the curve uh, in in comparison to their contemporaries who are the you know major league baseball national hockey league and the nfl you know mm-hmm. but the wnba takes it a step further and they're even quicker about it right so i i definitely agree with that i think that that's a very important thing to point out i think that the wnba and again, kind of just skipping ahead a little bit. I really, I really hope that for black women's sake, it the the sport evolves. Because when we talk about how, like we've been talking about black men for probably what the past thirty or so minutes now, right, and. Black women are as important to basketball culture to me in in respects in certain ways. I'll say I'll say in certain ways, definitely. 
because I think that in order to push the fashion culture forward, in order to push the music forward, in order to push the sport forward, you had to have the support of Black women. A lot of these players depend on Black women as their backbone. And furthermore, the game, like, they're they're just as good like they don't get it and they don't get the credit that's the only difference they don't get the notoriety they don't get the credit they don't get the backing that the nba players do right yeah it, part of that too i feel like it just just in terms of like just the way like if you watch a wnba game it's stylistically just different like a lot of like the flashy shit is like not doesn't happen like aside from like like yes of course there's the dunking thing blah 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 whatever but aside from that in general like it's just not as much flash it's more so uh it's a more the game is more so like they're more they're more worried about the results you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you don't need to you don't have players in WNBA just do dribbling out the clock doing you know the lucas stuff like that doesn't happen there's no there's there's no luca type harden type games like you can't that's just not acceptable in the WNBA. And, you know, a lot of people would like the low keeper would prefer that they won't allow themselves mm-hmm. to, because, you know, <laughs> sexism X, Y, and Z, but yeah, I think a lot of that too, is just the game is truly just, it's just a different style of game. Like, you know what I mean? So people aren't, people aren't even giving it a chance to a degree. It's not like they can't do these things. It's just, they play more pure basketball. Yes. And, and and with that too, I think we also talk about women in basketball. I don't I don't think just from the perspective of playing. I also think from the perspective of coaching. I think from the perspective of anal- analyzing the game itself, mm-hmm. because I wholeheartedly believe that we do need more women to coach in the NBA and WNBA. Uh, and everywhere I think we need more coaches I think we need more female analysts that come out of the game like I love Candace Parker I love what she does for TNT I think she's great I think that uh, Chanae Gwumake is terrific on ESPN and I think she does a, a very good job of breaking things down and I think we need more people I, I think so. Like those are the only two that you really see. Yeah, I would like, say analyzing. Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I would say like the broadcast has improved greatly since they started introducing them on a on a regular basis. So hopefully they learn. Hopefully they take they're taking note of that and uh you know continue to build on that because it really is. It really like you no know, they have a just have a different perspective. Like I, again, WNBA player WNBA stylistically is different. It's a different perspective. It, it allows a different set of eyes to really explain how how things are going, how things look. So yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. they continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, and the thing is too, like I just really, I really hope that these players get more opportunities. Because the thing is, you have some really interesting players in mm-hmm. the WNBA. You have like Asia Wilson to me. 
and most and it is is like a superstar in every way. Right. Brianna Stewart is a superstar. Sabrina you Sabrina Unescu was born for the lights in my eyes. And you just got so many people in in, in the WNBA who are to me 100% ready for something even bigger than what they already have. And I think that they can they you know like they're smart as hell. Like for example, Sue Bird is probably one of the smartest basketball, you know, people in the world. Like she probably has one of the highest basketball IQs right in the world right now. Like I feel like she could probably coach right now if she wanted to. I feel like a lot of other and and, and I'm sure that she's played with some people who are just as smart. Well, because mm, <laughs> Sue Sue Bird is really damn smart. But I know she knows some people that are definitely extremely smart and that can definitely coach the game as well. And that can also analyze and break down the game like brilliantly. So I would love to see, you know, more people like that, more, even more reporters. Like you got, we got a bunch of different people at this point who are stepping up that are women. But I, I think that ultimately in terms of what basketball could do more and that's something that we'll talk more about going forward but for black women specifically i think that it needs to be expounded upon it needs to be like black women i think need to have more opportunity to succeed and like like the britney grinder thing shouldn't have happened in the first place in my opinion and it shouldn't have taken as long to to you know move that forward so yeah. all right i feel you no definitely is an area where more growth more growth could certainly ha- be had and more growth should happen and it's interesting it'll be interesting to see how some of the current efforts um you know how, we'll see how, how things play out down the road it's one of those things like in the moment everything just seems like oh it's it's not happening but sometimes you look back it's like hmm that actually Something came of that, so it'll be interesting to see how things go um, going forward. Like you know, they want to—they're working on getting charter, you no know, chartered flights, and you know, the work work to expand the league in general, expand the marketing, um, you know, increase their player salaries. So we'll see how all these things turn out in the next you know five, ten, fifteen years. But I certainly agree there could be a lot more done in that regard. Anything else you want? Anything else left on this uh, this topic here? If we go to the next next area where growth could happen, possibly. No, I just think again, just like promoting, like even also in neighborhoods and in the youth, and kind of just I guess like like just just giving women, young women of color especially, more opportunities in general, obviously, right. but for the sake of the topic through basketball, I think that women need just as many opportunities as the men do right now you just reminded me um in my in my old place in uh in um in hyattsville you know hyattsville you know maryland uh that, there's a park right by my crib you know the park you know the one i went to, you, you and i went to that one time yeah so uh, you know of course when people are playing basketball it's just a bunch of dudes on the court and one time this one little girl tried to get on the court and uh 
I don't know if it's her father or her brother. Or, again, it looked like it was her brother, Pharrell, her older brother. But she tried to get on the court, and he's like, nah, like, you know, I told you, you know, she just can't play basketball. And that's that's something that's not, you know, that's not a, a unique experience that that little girl had. And, you know, it just, it's just sad to see, like, you know, she wasn't allowed to play because simply because she wasn't a, a, a man, you know what I mean? So, like you said, locally, that really just reminded me of that one situation that I, you know, saw my own two eyes, like just on the ground level a lot more opportunities really could be just giving, giving them a chance to play. Definitely could, you know, you, you never know. Like you, like you said, introduction of a woman into like the announcing and stuff definitely expanded on the product itself. And, but the, all that starts with the ground level stuff. Absolutely. And now, um... When we talk about other things that I feel like, and I guess we can kind of stick on this topic of what else does basketball have to like to offer black culture? Well, you brought this up, so I'm gonna let you. Exp- I'm gonna let you go ahead first, but just like the ownership piece for sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like, I would. I looked it up quickly before uh, we did this just to see the only majority owner of a black, the only black majority owner of an NBA team is Michael Jordan, which is the Hornets. And then there are a plenty of minority owners who are or not plenty. I'd say a handful of black minority owners, such as Grant Hill, uh, Will and Jada Smith and Kevin Hart are all part of the Sixers. Sixers, uh, fun, fun fact. Uh, David Robinson, former player at the Spurs. Dwayne Wade, former player, uh, has minority ownership in the Jazz. You know, Shaq always talks about his minority stakes at the Kings. Uh, Drake is part of the, the group that owns the Raptors. Um, so yeah, but other than that, there's not. I, I think that is everybody. Sorry to anyone I forgot, but regardless, the point is made. There's not many people of color in those, or black people in general in those uh, in the field of ownership in a game run by black players. Yeah, I I think on that topic, I just I just feel like it comes down to opportunity, because I think that basketball has advanced so far just based on black culture and how how black culture has impacted the game i feel like it it would be almost like giving back properly you know giving back by you know offering up positions and spots where teams can be owned in a majority manner and fashion by more black executives and by even groups of black people who want to own some of these teams. And we, and the thing is we could do, we could do it in more, you know, predominantly black places if you want to, if that's really, if that's what you, the way you want to go about it, but you know, either way, I really would love to see that because I think it would show it would it would it would be a perfect way of giving back, and I think it also shows a level of solidarity with people of color that we really want you to be. We want we want you to have our own like a true voice in everything and and all of this and how this goes because you have impacted the game in such a profound way that you having ownership 
is an, another you know piece. And the thing also is, I think that if the NBA shows that hey, black ownership is is important to our game and our sport, then it may you know push other people you know in other sports to make it happen in their sports. And I think that just getting that black ownership is really important. And because not only just that, but it also shows, it shows people who are, you know, lower on the totem pole that you can, you can do more and that representation matters because if you have black voices up top, they, they'll have somewhat of an understanding of what's going on down the bottom because they've been there. Right. And they'll have an understanding of those experiences and so on. And just, I think it just in an entirety of a chain, it just creates more opportunity for black wealth and whatnot. Nah, I feel that definitely true. Like, you know, the, a great example of that is like the Lakers situation, like uh, the bus family, like it really is just, the Lakers is something that's going to be passed down from generation to generation in that family. And, um, you know, like you said, if, if, uh, if, there, if there is space for Black owners to come in, then that opportunity will be available to, to Black people. And as you said, that increases the voices that are being, increases the number of Black voices having stakes in um, what happens to the Black pool of players and things of that nature. So definitely uh yeah the lakers thing just an example of what you're talking about and how you know how much there's how how much of an effect that can have in future generations of the of course the nba but just the sport in general because like you know the lakers whatever's happening lakers is affecting what's happening in the sport somewhere in all, all over the world truly no doubt and speaking of the lakers something that something very much tells me that LeBron James may wind up very much wind up being an owner someday. I believe it. <laughs> Man, like, got hella business ventures going on. Like, why wouldn't owning a team make sense for him? Because if I'm not mistaken, he's already a part owner of the Dodgers, right? Am I? I think I think you're correct. It is a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, if I'm being honest, I think nothing would make more sense than him to own the Cleveland Cavaliers one day. <laughs> I don't know if Dan Gilbert gonna give it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. There's a, there's really like a process in which someone's allowed to own a team. Like other owners have to agree that they with the, the sale of the team and all that. It very much is a gatekeeping, um, you know, process. So right. It's not an accident. You know what I mean? Absolutely, no doubt. And that's a that's another and I, I love the I love the word the words that you use like gatekeeping. Like I, I really feel like again, you open up that gate by putting more people of color in those spaces. And you allow for more people to flow in those gates. Right. And to and to, to make a change so that people of color have those opportunities in the future. And again, you said it with the bus family. 
it, this is a this is a business that will be passed down for generations because they won't give it up. Right. They, I don't I don't I don't think that they're giving that up. And so I, I think that it's it's definitely it's definitely a great idea to let more black people in the room. And also in terms of league decisions ownership is important because when you own a team you're also a part of league decisions right major your know, major stakes decisions on the game and how the sport is played and revenue and all that kind of stuff right down to the rules <laughs> down to the literally down to the rules and so like literally having the rules <laughs> yeah like and having black voices in positions of power to be able to make changes like that and impact the game in that way so much again is a nod to black culture and it's the ultimate way to pay homage and to to black culture and for what black culture has done for the sport right Not for sure. Like, yeah, just um, I'm just very interested to see. I, I love, I'm glad you brought the idea that we should talk about what more could happen. Just because I'm, you just never like there's shit. The world is always constantly changing. Things are always, always, like change is change is one of the few constants that we have. You know what I mean? So just interesting to see how that how that plays out in the future. Yeah, anything else you want to add on to this conversation? Yes, sir. In terms of other things, and you you kind of you kind of like you talked about it much earlier, if I'm not mistaken. You said something about black like entertainment, like right. Black success is often placed into just entertainment mainly. And like when you come up as a young person, you are, you know, as a person of color coming up in the quote unquote hood, you learn about a few avenues to take. And this is something that I had to learn growing up myself and something that my, my parents tried to teach me that like either you either you're going to be like a doctor or a lawyer or you're going to be a basketball player, a football player or a rapper. And what you don't know is that there's so many other opportunities out there. There's a limitless number of opportunities out there and basketball can educate on these different opportunities to impact the world through education you know through education i think that basketball can help there i get what you're saying because it is like a it is something that people are kind of funneled to due to uh you know like you said certain opportunities that you're told that you have to yourself 
So, you know, just kind of like, just like how kids play like on, on uh, the, you know, rec league teams or you're on a middle school team or high school team, et cetera. I guess you get what you're saying, like just like, opening that space to educate the, you know, the young players that there is basketball is fun. Basketball is great. And basketball is an opportunity, but there's also this world of opportunity open to you. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That sounds, no, I feel that definitely something that definitely something that that can and should happen. And also just because of the fact that you, when you think about it, there are so many different processes that take place within the athletic world mm-hmm. when you, you have the medical side you have the media side you have the business side you have so many different aspects of sports and like i mean you could do it through league but through youth programs you could have people take tours and have different like trainers and stuff talk about what they do you can have different agents do youth programs and talk about what they do you know just the different there's so many because again like there's so many different nuances of the game of basketball that have to be considered right and just like rich paul for example is one of the most popular agents in the world african-american man you've got doctors well-renowned doctors you've got well-renowned trainers and whatnot who help get basketball players ready to go who help them shoot better who help them defend better you've got psychologists like sports psychologists that help them when they're you know going through different things you have people who are behind the scenes when it comes to the camera work and the sports media work there's so much that they that that you know young minds can do and this is this is kind of more so just of a general broad thing that could be done through basketball, but it also could be done, you know, globally for many different things. But like just again showing all of the different nuances that go into the sport, like a general man what a general manager does. Um, and even not just for like the NBA, but for like youth programs, like youth program coordinators and the you know you know youth coaches and just just talking about what they do and how they got there i think is important for for young minds because i feel like the more opportunities that a young mind has or you know the more paths that a young mind has early the earlier is better for sure no, so I mean- I, I, Mm-hmm. Go ahead, my fault. Oh no, I was just gonna say, yeah, just just I think that there's there's so many different ways you can go no, to I'm help sure. young minds advance. Right. And is there anything else that you want to cover in terms of basketball and black culture? No, I mean I think you know we know this conversation this conversation can go a hundred directions you can talk about a million things so i don't know i think i'm gonna just leave it there just so the episode's not too <laughs> just so we can keep it succinct but yeah i don't know i think, it was a, I think i'm glad we had the conversation because you know we talk we talk about these things all the time but we never had it in, in this capacity so i think it's a good conversation to have 
Mm-hmm. We definitely should do a, a, a basketball sneaker episode at some point. Mm. Do that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It might be that might be coming down the pipeline. Right. Yeah, definitely glad we talk, had this episode happen. You know, a Black History Month episode, and as you said, you want to celebrate Black History every day of the year. But yeah, definitely glad we got this conversation in. So that's it for today's episode of Game Time with Zach and Jamir. My name is Zach Wright, hosted by Jamir Wilson. Thanks to everyone who's tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast, on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. To listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time. 